What if there was a different way to live and work? Beyond the hustle and hype. Beyond the never-ending race to get more, do more, be more. A way that's grounded, intuitive, intentional, and in line with your deepest, truest self. You're listening to Wellpreneur with me, your host, Amanda Cook. Together, we'll explore nature-based personal growth for high-achieving women. I invite you to plant your feet on the earth, slow down, tune in, and get ready to create a life of meaning and magic. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of the Wellpreneur Online Podcast. I can't believe we're at episode 26. And this week, I have such a great interview. You know, do I say that every week? I guess it's because I only invite people onto the show that I'm really excited about. So here we go again. But this one's a little bit different. I like to keep a blend of, you know, really successful people and people just starting out and then other people that can help us in our wellness businesses. And this week, I'm talking to Julie Gray, who is a holistic time coach. Now, I didn't know anything about holistic time coaching. And actually, the whole idea of time management, when I think about that, it just makes me think like, ugh, you know, something else, the system and all these rules that I have to follow in my business. And it just has never felt that good to me to think about time management. Well, Julie turns all of this on its head and I absolutely love her approach and her energy. She really takes a holistic view of your entire life in terms of time management and intentionally using your time in the best way possible. And one thing that I really love about Julie's approach is that she uses our intuition and what our body is telling us, how we feel to decide what the best use of our time is. So it isn't like a set system that everybody has to follow. It's really tuning in to what's gonna work the best for you based on your priorities. And as she's talking about that, it just feels so liberating and right on. I know so many of us as entrepreneurs have a million things that we want to do, things we could do, obligations that we need to fulfill, and we can just feel like there aren't enough hours in the day. And so if you ever feel that way, I think you'll really enjoy this conversation with Julie. The other thing we talk about that is just so juicy and helpful is email and how not to be completely overwhelmed by email and drowning in email and how, again, that's also unique to you. So Julie shares with us lots of strategies and her key tips for how we can make the most of our time and also not get overwhelmed by our email. So you can find all the links that we talk about and and all the show notes back on my website at wellpreneuronline.com slash 26. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would really appreciate if you'd send it to a friend. So do you know other holistic practitioners? Of course you do, because we all tend to know each other. So please spread the word. Don't keep the podcast as a secret and share this episode with a friend. Okay, so let's just jump straight into the interview with Julie so we can learn more about managing our time in a holistic way. Hi, Julie. Welcome to the show today. Hi, Amanda. Thanks. I'm glad to be here. So I'm really curious, Julie. You actually, I just want to say how this came about because it's a good example for everyone. Actually, you contacted me and pitched yourself as a guest. And I thought it was a brilliant fit because you're a holistic time coach. And I know myself as an entrepreneur and everyone listening, we feel pulled in so many directions that time management and feeling like we don't have enough time is a really common problem. So thanks for reaching out and contacting me. You're welcome. I 
it was actually my intent was to find audiences where I knew they might be able to, you know, use some of what I do in my business and hear about, you know, the whole approach. Yeah, no, that's great. And just for everyone listening, you know, don't be shy when you see like somebody that's got a good audience for you, you should just put yourself out there because especially those of us hosting podcasts always need guests. So anyway, thanks for doing that. So can you tell us what a holistic time coach is? Because you're the first holistic time coach I've ever met, actually. (laughs) Sure thing. Well, time coaching is fairly common. You know, people call it a lot of different things, time management coaching, productivity consulting. I tend to work primarily with people that are solopreneurs or maybe they have a staff of five or 10 people. I do do a little bit of nonprofit consulting, but by and large, I'm really focused on helping the individual business owners set up the systems that they need that are going to optimize their time, optimize their energy. And that's really where the holistic approach comes in. I don't want to look just at, you know, those practical external (laughs) systems. I really love to dig in, understand how you manage your stress, understand how you manage your energy, how you're managing your emotions, and really looking at that full package to, to ultimately to help you balance your life and really feel in control of your time. Because it is all related, isn't it? Like you can, two people could encounter the same situation and one person is like totally stressed out and overwhelmed by it. And the other person is just like, they like to operate at that pace. Great point. And really the other piece of the holistic perspective in my world is that exactly what you say. No two people are responding to things in the same way, nor should they ever have the same system. And so it's not about me giving you some system that I developed that I think is, you know, the most amazing thing since sliced bread. It's about actually pulling out and helping you see what your systems are and how you work best, because we all work in different ways. So we really need to honor that. So what do you mean when you say systems? Good question, Amanda. I view systems as it's almost like it's the pieces of it's the habits, it's the routines, it's the rituals as that are creating your system, right? So if you were to break a system down, there's it's a set of steps, it's a procedure, it's, it's a process, but it's made up of those things that you're doing consciously or unconsciously throughout the day. I think I see what you mean, because I know when I talk But for example, on my natural health website, I've actually written about creating rituals. And I think it's kind of what you're getting at. Like, for example, I have a morning ritual that now if I don't do it, I feel kind of out of whack for the day. So like getting up, like drinking some like hot water with lemon, doing yoga, like writing in my journal, then taking a shower, having breakfast, getting ready. Like if I just go through those things, I don't have to think about it. And it sets me up for the day. So is that, would that be a system? Exactly. I would call that part of your energy management system. It's a ritual that's part of a greater process, right? A greater goal. And it sounds beautiful. And and that is an exact example of some of the work that I do with clients. Awesome. Because I have to tell you that when I hear, this is just me, I'm being honest. When I hear time management, to me, it sounds like uh, rules and you know <laughs> things like you, because everyone does what you said, which is like they have this system, like, or not a system, but like their secret formula that worked for them and they try to teach it to everyone else. And to me, it just seems like, oh, it's like another thing I have to remember to do and like learn this. I don't know. It almost feels too rigid or it's like another thing that I don't want to have to add to my day. Yes, I'm like giving you a giant virtual hug. I love that question. (laughs) It's so great. Thank you so much for just honestly saying that. I think it's really common 
Amanda, before I was a time coach, I was a professional organizer. So I would actually go into people's homes and help them set up systems for their paper or what have you in their home. Same exact response that I would get. People have this sort of innate reaction. And and I don't know where that's been, if that's the industry or what perpetuated that, but people are really afraid they're going to get told what to do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that it is this, you know, rigid plus just system, right? It's like a horrible word, even though I don't know a better one. But it's much, much more about, particularly my approach and is much more about meeting you where you're at, honoring your strengths, like helping you see what you're doing. It's just creating awareness. I use a lot of mindfulness. I've done a lot of training in mindfulness. So it's, it's really about getting so just more intentional with your time in a very gentle, compassionate way. Mm. Yeah, let's talk about this, being intentional with our time. Because <laughs> when you read about business building and everything online or read these books, occasionally it comes up that everybody has the same 24 hours in the day. And, but we use them in a vastly different way. You know, we, we all have this fixed amount of time. And so can you talk a bit about using it intentionally? Like, yeah, what does that look like? There's a couple of things going on. What I see most as one of the bigger challenges out there is what's needed to be intentional is to pause, is to slow down, is to even stop and just assess where you're at, where do you want to be going? What's immediately in front of you? What do you need to be letting go of? What do you want to be saying yes to? And it's uncomfortable, right? Mm. I think so much of where our, I'll try so hard not to get on my soapbox, but I, I think so much of the sort of busyness paradigm that go, 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 rush, 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 do, 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 comes from the fact that it's so uncomfortable for us to stop and say, that is an amazing thing to do, but I'm not going to do it. Mm. And because it's not, we have to prioritize at such a high level, given the volume that's coming at us these days, we're not trained to do it. And part of what my work with clients is, is to help them get comfortable, work through that resistance. Well, it's fear of missing out. It's fear of missing out, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, there's uh, the big piece of it. Absolutely. Especially as a business owner, I think Oh, you know, it's so hard because you see these, you just see opportunities everywhere. I think, you know, people listening to this will probably relate to that. If you're at all creative and and entrepreneurial, you just see these ideas and options and, oh, somebody did a webinar and it was successful and somebody did this course and somebody did this workshop (laughs) and you just want to do all of it and you can do all of it as a business owner. I mean, you can do any of them, I should say, but Mm -hmm. you can't do all of them and you feel like, oh, what if I miss out on that one that is going to make me successful. Exactly. And the way, the approach that I take is one of experimentation. So it's not about cutting yourself off. It's it's not about these, you know, rigid rules in order to make your, optimize your time and efficiency. And it's about, okay, what is the system or what is a ritual or a process that I've identified that I can see, you know, that I could improve or that I could work with. And then finding a step or two steps that you can experiment with. So in the example that you just gave, you know, we're overwhelmed with all the bright, shiny objects and all the different possibilities that we can do. All right. So what are some of the things that you could do to experiment around that? All right. I could create a a container to hold all of the different ideas that I have. 
I could pick one a week or one a month to experiment with. I could adjust and tweak and notice and monitor, right? It's all about aware cultivating that awareness and that intentionality. What works for me? What doesn't work for me? What do I need to let go of? And over time, quite frankly, Amanda, the more we're conscious of that process, we're, we're on some of us working through it anyway, even if we're not conscious of it, the more that we we pull that out and we watch ourselves do it, the easier it becomes to let go. It, the easier it becomes to say no. So how do you do that practically? Do you encourage people to block out time for time management like every week? Or is it just something that you need to integrate into your everyday routine? When you say block out time for time management, just give me a little bit more about what well, you Well, just to think about, I mean, you were saying, you know, we need to like make a plan for how you're going to capture all these ideas and what so just dealing with something like that like is it is it something that you should say okay you know every week I need to sit down for 30 minutes and actually take a big picture view and see where I'm wasting my time and what systems I can fix or is it more like you're just training yourself to do it yeah all of these pieces are integrated with things you're already doing so you already have a planning system and so you might just add on another layer to that on a weekly basis. Okay, let me go back and review the ideas that I've collected this week. Or let me go back and review the ideas that I've collected this month. Is there anything that's rising to the surface that needs to, that I really want to carve out time and focus on, right? That's one way that you could just integrate. And really adding a layer to a habit that you already have in place is like the best thing that you could do, right? Rather than trying to create a whole new habit, protecting time to work on these projects to say, you know what, this idea, I want to start a podcast. I really want to start it, right? So I'm going to look at my calendar and I'm going to say by March, I've got my first you know, podcast on the air. So what time do I need to protect in order to get that going? You're really just integrating it into the planning process, the re the rituals that you already have in place. And it's the same thing, you know, in the health world, when you're trying to get somebody to change a habit, rather than starting something new, it's always good to link it to something that they're already exactly. doing, because then it's kind of a trigger. So that makes yep. a lot of sense. So something I really want to talk to you about is email. <laughs> because email, I mean, email is just something that I think a lot of us are drowning in. Yes. And, you know, I know a lot of us have and me personally have experimented with lots of things like not checking email, like first thing in the morning, which is brilliant, but really hard to stick to, like using all these different tools to help manage your email better and trying to reduce the email. I mean, it's just... I mean, for me, that is, I think, one of the most major sources of overwhelm. So can you kind of give us some tips or give us your take on how to deal with email in a sane way? Yeah, email is, you know, sort of the bane of our existence on a lot of levels. It's interesting. I, I, I'll give you some practical tips. But with email, I've, I've taught a few classes on this. And what I've seen more than anything that's helpful is a, is a couple of mindset shifts around email. One just because people email you doesn't actually mean you need to email them back. Mm. This is like uncomfortable for a lot of yeah. people. Yeah, <laughs> that's huge. Right? right? Yeah. Like, why do they get to be the decider of your time? So really owning the fact that you run email and that these people that are emailing you don't run you is a really necessary shift when you're trying to get control over email. Mm-hmm. A lot of times 
email becomes the default way and, and it's really, really common. If you're not clear on your priorities, if you're overwhelmed by all the different things that you want to do, but you haven't drilled down to get super crystal clear about what your next steps are, you're going to let email run your day because mm-hmm. it's just easier. It's that same thing we were talking about earlier. It's just easier. It's less uncomfortable in the moment to let somebody else tell you what to do. Mm-hmm. Some practical tips though around email Here's one of the biggest ones. Oftentimes what I see, paper too, email and paper go a lot of times go hand in hand. They're really connected to your task system, right? It's it's a whole other way. It's a whole other channel of demands on your time, things that you need to do that are coming at you. So really getting your email connected to how you're tracking what it is you need to do is important. If I have a bunch of emails that have been lingering for a while in my inbox, I actually write it on my to-do list for the next day because I know I need to carve out like extra time beyond my normal routine of email to get those emails done. Like, you know, I've got to think through this. I've got to work on something, et cetera. So connecting, connecting your email to your task system. The other, which is really important, is to separate your backlog from your maintenance. So here's what I mean by that. This is like the most common thing. And I saw it in organizing and I see it in email and I see it in coaching now. You're like, okay, I'm sick of there being, you know, 5,000 emails in my inbox. I'm going to clear it out. I'm going to take Saturday and Sunday and I'm going to clear it out. Or I'm going to take part of my vacation and I'm going to get down to inbox zero <laughs> or your or your papers, right? Or it's that messy room in the back. I'm going to clear it out. Like this is what's going to happen. And you do. And it kind of feels awesome. And it doesn't last because what you just did is you dealt with your backlog, which is a great thing to deal with, but only if you already have a system for maintenance in place. Mm-hmm. If you don't already have a system, and I'm sure you're like, you probably use the same concept in health coaching. You don't already have a system to maintain not adding backlog every day, right? Yeah. It's going to be really, really hard. This is like, I just, all I'm picturing is like that chair in my bedroom that always has clothes piled up on it. And I'm always like, man, I'm going to clean that off. (laughs) Then I do the exact same thing. I clean off, you know, I put all the clothes away and it looks great. And then like the clothes just start appearing again because apparently I don't have a system for like, well, you actually with those have clothes. a system. That is your system. That's right? my system. It's an annoying, annoying system. You put it away. <laughs> and that, that actually might work really well for a lot of people. Quite frankly, you have to, you have to use your emotions about it to trigger when you actually need to make a shift. So there's a ton of people that I've worked with that have 5, 10, 15,000 emails in their inbox, but it doesn't stress them out and they don't lose things. Really? I'm stressed. I mean, that stresses me out just here. Like I have, when I have over a hundred emails in my inbox, which is what I have right now, like I have about 120 that I feel like I'm drowning in email because so I like need, you, yeah. Yes. Like you said before, it, everyone's different, right? Yeah. So what, how some people respond is totally different than how somebody else would respond in the same situation. So it's exactly the same thing. So for you, you need a system that's going to, and often what it is, it's carving out more time per day to focus on email, right? Mm -hmm. So, so often we like to squeeze email into the pockets around our meetings, around our client calls, around our projects. And 
when you get to a certain point in your business, it's not going to be enough. You need to actually, again, be intentional with your time and actually set aside specific email time every day. Well, I guess that's where the idea of like only checking your email, say two or three times a day, but actually, you know, actively dealing with your email at that time. So I think that would be the difference. Whereas a lot of us just kind of like, you know, you kind of check it and leave it there and just in and out like you were talking about. But if you said, okay, at 11am for 30 minutes, I'm going to deal with my email, then you actually have to deal with it, like reply or file it or add it to your to do list. Exactly. That would be amazing. That's the difference between checking versus processing, right? Right. We love to check, but we don't ever get super intentional around processing. Like, let me just deal with this. Now, some people heard you say 11 a.m. for 30 minutes and they like completely got rigid. (laughs) They, they, They started to get claustrophobic. They started to like freak out and know that that's totally fine. Another way that you can approach streamlining your email but like creating time for it at the same time is to focus on when you're not going to be on email. So some people have their email open all day long and they're like grazing in and out of it. One way to just organically naturally push it to the side is to just focus on that time. Give yourself a couple hour blocks in the day or a couple hour, two hour blocks in the day to not be on email to shut it down Mm. and then you're just naturally creating more space to focus on email that feels really good I mean can you (laughs) like I know the weekends like sometimes I'll be like okay all day Saturday no technology and it's so hard the first couple of hours and then it feels so good like you get so much space and I think like how you were talking about using your time intentionally it seems like time is a lot bigger when you do that, like I find when with email and being online, it kind of it makes your time disappear really quickly. Yeah, that's cool. So I didn't just I did want to talk about email. That was awesome. Thank you. Loads of good tips there. Um, but I also wanted to get your take on kind of the buzz term of life balance. So as a holistic time coach, what do you think about life balance? I think right now, it's so funny that you asked this question, Amanda, because I've been thinking about this so much lately. It's become very trendy, very in vogue to talk about how work-life balance is a myth. And, you know, there people are like, you got to focus on work-life integration and work-life synergy. And there's all these like fun words that we're coming up with. And at the end of the day, what they're saying is work-life balance. And I really believe that work-life balance is not for everyone. You know, we've all heard the stories. We've all seen the people, you know, they work 15 hours a day and they made their millions or 20 hours a day or whatever. I do also believe that it's a choice. It's a priority. You have to decide if it's for you or not. And we're all kind of kind of working through what that means for us. And that's really important too. Your version of balance, again, is never going to be like your friend's version of balance or my version of balance or Amanda's version of balance. You are the one that gets to come up with it yourself, your own version. And in order to create that, you have to actually make the decision and commit to it. So you're saying basically like your balance might be working all the time on your business if you're totally obsessed with it and you just love it. And that's what you want to do. And that's what you want to do. But you're saying like priority that you're choosing it. You're choosing. Here's a story. I went to this networking event not that long ago and 
I, you know, introduced myself and I said, oh, I'm a coach and I help people with work-life balance and time management. And this woman next to me got so rigid immediately. Like I watched her entire body just completely morph and her chest come down and, and her, and she says, I sleep four hours a night. I'm a 911 operator. I have four kids and I sell Mary Kay. And she was like super defensive and really she was really triggered by just the concept of work-life balance. And I have, I, I have Mary Kay throughout the day and work-life balance. Ha! How, how cute is that? Right. And I just, I looked at her and I not going to lie. I had to try, I had to work really hard not to be triggered. Back. Mm-hmm. And, and then I said, you know, I calmed down and I said, you know, I really believe that work-life balance is all about, a choice and committing to that choice. And it sounds like you're deeply committed to how you live your life or something like that. Mm. And she was so impressed. She took it all the way in. She completely realized, I think she was so afraid of being judged or something. I don't know, Mm -hmm. but she was, she completely relaxed and she said, thank you. Yeah, I, I really am. And that's what it's all about. Owning it, being intentional, whatever you decide is right for you. Do you have some tips around like how we can figure out what the right blend is for us? Again, it goes to experimentation, right? You have to, your body, I do a lot of of tuning into our body, using our body within coaching and your body is always communicating to you. Listen to what, if you're procrastinating a lot. We love to label ourselves as procrastinators, right? Oh, I'm procrastinating. I'm such a procrastinator. It's like this little whipping stick that we get to pull out. Your body is trying to tell you something. What are you procrastinating? Have you given yourself enough sleep? Uh, Have you given yourself enough time off? Procrastination is a great thing to look out for in terms of work-life balance. It's It's a sign. It's communicating to you. Anything that you notice that's going, any resistance that you notice or just the feelings that are coming up in your body are always going to be telling you if you're aligned, right? And then you want to look, you want to, again, stop and give yourself that space to reflect. To I love to give yourself a technology detox, take the day off and be out in nature and really consider what's right for you. Mm-hmm. That's and I- one of some of the ways you can start anyway. I love that you're basically saying you don't need to intellectually think about it and figure it all out. Maybe you can just kind of throw around some ideas, like play around with ideas in your head and then see which one feels the best. Yeah. I run a whole course on how to find work-life balance if you're a business owner. And and what I say are you need a particular mindsets, right? You need to actually understand that more balance can make you more productive is, was one of the biggest. Mm. And there's the science that backs that up. And, and I really believe that. But again, it's your version, right? It's mm-hmm. your version of optimization. It's your, your version of productivity. There, you need boundaries in place. Those mindsets help, help you enforce the boundaries that you need to actually have work-life balance. And I think that's a huge piece of why many people don't find the balance that they want because it's hard to enforce those boundaries. And then there's systems. That's the kind of final piece. Right. The systems to actually put, once you figure out what you want, then the systems to make sure that that happens. The systems, exactly. To make sure that happens and to optimize how you're spending your time so that you can actually focus on those areas that are most important to you. 
in your business and your life, you know, obviously everywhere. Are there three elements that I see? If those of us listening have like one area in our life that's just, we feel like it's a bit out of control or we know we're not using our time. We think we could be using our time more effectively. How would we even get started to try to optimize that, to try to make a system for it? So one of the things that I would, and I've said this like a million times and I apologize for the redundancy, but it's just so important is just to pause, right? You, the, the cool thing is for you to even notice it, you slow down a little bit. The other thing that I think can be really helpful is to ask other people, right? If you've got a, a virtual assistant that's involved, if your spouse, you know, whomever might be re- connected to that particular process in your life, system in your life, talk to them. They're going to have a totally different perspective on it than you. And then just take the time to map it out. What do you see that's missing? If you can identify even one next step, that's your point of experimentation. Okay, you know what? I'm really not getting enough sleep. And I can tell that my work is suffering and that I'm on edge. So what do I need to do to get more sleep? Okay, I'm going to think through my evening routine. This is going to be my first step to play around with getting to bed 15 minutes earlier in the day or 30 minutes earlier, what have you. And then does that work? No, it doesn't work. I blew through it, you know, three times this week. All right, then make it a smaller goal. It's really about stepping into it slowly and getting yourself to the point where you can be consistent. I mean, it all seems to just come back to that we need to like slow down, like you said, take a step back and then trust our intuition and what our body's telling us. And I think that can be, I mean, I agree that's so powerful. Even on the health side, your body will tell you what it needs. But I think it's developing that confidence to listen to it because I think there's such a temptation You just want to listen to experts and you want them to tell you what to do, but to actually say, you know what, like I know what I need and to really tune into yourself. That's, it can be really scary in the beginning, I think, to, to do that, to trust yourself as your own advisor. Exactly. And you just nailed it on the head is one of the core parts of my work is to help people trust themselves again, because they've been trying to listen to other people for so long and really to cultivate the systems that work for them have to come from them. And they've got to trust themselves to follow through with it. Mm-hmm. And it's so, so test it out that take, be just curious about it and don't beat yourself up about it and just find a tiny little slice of what it is that you want to create and experiment. Mm-hmm. It doesn't mean you have to, I mean, when it's an experiment, it doesn't mean you have to do it forever. You're just trying it. You're just noticing. Yep, exactly. I love it. Oh, Julie, this has been great. So can you tell us, tell everyone where they can find you if they'd like to learn more or take one of your programs? Yep, I'm at profound-impact.com. That's P-R-O-F-O-U-N-D-I-M-P-A-C-T.com. I've got, you know, a bunch of articles, a bunch of giveaways, audios, a whole slew of stuff on time management, organization, work-life balance that you can just dig into right on the site. Awesome. And I'll put a link back to your site in the show notes too, so everyone can find it there as well. Great. Great. So thanks so much for joining us, Julie. I think we've all got lots of, lots of takeaways, especially around email for how to keep it from taking over our lives. I was so glad to be here. Thank you. (laughs) 
hope you enjoyed that interview with Julie Gray, the holistic time coach. I would love to hear from you about which of Julie's tips are you going to actually implement this week? Is it going to be something about using your time more intentionally or tuning into your body or even managing email in a more strategic way? I'd love it if you'd hop back to the show notes, which are at wellpreneuronline.com slash 26 and leave a comment and let me know what you're going to do this week to take more control over your time. Thanks so much for listening and I'll see you back here next week in the next episode. Oh, 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 oh,